Welcome to Built to Go, a van life podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. Folks, this is not an episode of Built to Go. I mean, it is, but we're not going to talk about vans here today. Think of this episode as a DVD extra in which we're going to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that thing is the music used in the episodes of Built to Go. Now, you might not care at all about the music in the episodes, and that is fine. And if you're one of those folks, this is your chance to jump off, hit next, go to the next podcast. This isn't going to take the place of an episode of Built to Go. It's still there for you. This is just to explore the music and have an interview with the person who created the music. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then please stick around and we're going to talk about the music, how it was made, and why it was chosen for Built to Go. You still here? Excellent. Well, let's get into it. So the music was created by none other than Simon Wagg, who I give credit to at the end of every episode. He is also known as Sir Mouge, but these days he would rather be known as Simon Wagg. Since he's here with us, I should probably give him a chance to talk. So, Simon, say something. Hello. I just wanted to say Simon says. All right. Yeah. That's creative. You've never That's heard that one. before, I'm sure. So, yeah. Simon, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Simon. I am a 21-year-old dude. I'm going to Champlain College, uh, and I'm studying game design with specialization in Sonic Arts. So, where is Champlain College, for folks who don't know? Champlain College is in Burlington, Vermont. Aha. It has a special focus, does it not? Yes, it is highly tailored towards people who are looking to go into the game development field. There's game design, there's also game programming, uh, game art and animation, and also game production. Excellent. Simon did not write the music for the podcast. Um, the jingle at the beginning, he did write for a podcast that is specifically designed for a podcast, but actually not this one. And the rest of the music is stuff that he made over the years that I took little tiny pieces of. And so what we're going to do here today is talk with Simon about how he made the music. And then at the end, I will present all the music in all its glory, the full pieces for you to listen to. So, Simon, how did you start making your own music? I started uh, around maybe six or seven by learning some real instruments. I started with ukulele, and uh, ukulele was uh, an easier instrument to pick up. Um, <laughs> it's lighter, anyway. So, yeah, much lighter, much smaller. Um, and then from there, I started learning uh, guitar and bass guitar. As I was playing those, I saw my brother working with a thing called Anvil Studios, which is just a computer-based music writing software. So that's how I started writing music, is by just like clicking notes on a, on a staff and just going from there. Over time, I was getting interested in uh, chiptune music. All right, now you have to tell us what chiptune means. Chiptune is music that is created or sounds created with a lower bitrate computer. So instead of having sound, like a pre-recorded sound that you're playing, you're telling a computer to generate a waveform based off parameters that you set. So instead of the computer playing back a recording of an instrument, like for example, you could take a trumpet and play one note, and then map that on keys and it'll go... Yeah. Instead of doing that, you're basically turning the computer into a synthesizer? Pretty much, yep. And um, gotcha. it's... You can build everything on the computer and do that, or uh, traditionally with chiptune, you just tell it to play a waveform with some sort of modification, be it pitch or like volume or whatever effect, and uh, it can 
create a cool song. My my process, whatever. <laughs> at least at first I clicked on the screen and then made notes on a piano roll, which is basically a grid where you just click cells essentially and then it maps it to a piano key and then you press play and it plays the notes. And so you can just, you know, rapidly iterate. You click some notes and then you can change it later and you can just listen to it live without having to play anything. So how did you get to the point where you knew what sounded good? Mostly practice, but uh, also learning instruments and playing music uh, helps with like figuring out song structure and also um, like harmonies and uh, what what a melody is and what makes a good melody. It's it's mostly also just like listening to music. You get a, a, a gist of what you want it to sound like. How did you learn like how to compose a song? Like where did that come from? It really was just practice and sort of breaking down songs that I already liked Aha. Uh, finding out like the elements and like the the motifs and things that I liked when I started writing music digitally I started with covers mostly so that I could learn the software without having to worry about actually writing a song Aha. so I would do my best to remake a song first and then um, after that I could with with some handle on the software I could go and experiment what was like a song that you picked to cover? I think the first song I made in this program is a song from a video game. It's a it's it's Pokemon Emerald. Um, <laughs> I've never actually played the game, uh, but I really liked. Where'd you get the music if you never played the game? I, I just heard it online and I liked it. Um, it's the <laughs> it's the Little Root Town. It's one of the first songs you hear in the game. Well, you did this at a very young age, right? How how old were you when you started doing this stuff? I was probably in sixth grade when i started doing the midi stuff all right i mean let's be clear here i'm your dad right so i have to like everything you make except the reality is is i don't (laughs) yeah but i do like this stuff i mean this is stuff i would listen to anyway regardless of whether you made it or not you know and your brothers made music that i listen to just because it's good as well and and i'm blown away by that because you didn't get this from me we had a guitar in the house that's true there were lots of instruments around the house that's true Yes, that definitely helps because just out of natural curiosity, I'm like, oh, this thing makes noise. That's cool. How do I make it make good noise? (laughs) That's the part I never figured out. I had all those instruments, but I could never play any of them. I could only play with them. Well, that's all you need. It was fun, and I'm glad it it served you. (laughs) All right, well, let's, let's jump into the music here. So, ironically, the first piece of music people hear in the podcast is the last piece of music you wrote of this set of music, and it is called... Jingle. And uh, tell us about Jingle and where it came from and why you made it. Yep, it's just called Jingle. Um, You asked me to make a podcast. I did. Jingle. You were like, hey, I'm making a podcast about curiosity, curious things, uh, and general, I guess, like trivia or cool, cool facts and knowledge. That's a good way to put it. I personally cater towards more chiptune sounds, but um, I didn't think it would really fit totally. Um, I definitely still use it for the jingle. Um, there's like a lot of square waves. People will recognize square wave music as sounding like an old-fashioned video game, basically. Yeah. Uh, like the, the classic Mario music or like the, uh, the Legend of Zelda music uses a lot of square waves or pulse waves as they're called. 
what I like about Jingle is that it is it's kind of perfect. It it has structure that lends itself to a podcast. It starts off with like an intro. It lets you in the door basically. You're coming in the door of the podcast, and then it levels out a bit to give me the narrator a chance to talk over it. And then it kind of transitions into the podcast at the end. I mean, I'm trying to verbally describe the feeling the music gets, but I thought it was done expertly, and it seems like you did that on purpose. Yeah, uh, so I plan to have it really, really short and just quick to the point. Yeah, it's 42 seconds, which is great. Yeah, so it starts with some percussion that sort of like sets the pace and the beat. And I was going with the theme of curiosity, which is generally like you pick up a little bit of information and then you're curious and then you learn more. And the more information you learn, you get more context and knowledge behind it. And uh, you are generally more informed by the end. So uh, to replicate that, uh, instruments come in. They get more detailed. And then over time, the song kind of, it, it just, it goes between two chords just to keep it simple, but the two chords get more contextualized as the piece goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it concludes with a little like, yes, it does. You could think of that as I leveled up, man. I, um, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> the slot machine paid off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a sad, you got three cherries. The point is it's a, it's a satisfying tone. It's like, it feels, it yes. feels good to learn. Right. So it does a little jingle, and you're like, wow, I learned something. That's awesome. To me, I'm just like, hey, kid, make me some music. And you made the music, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then you have the capability to actually design music to spec. Like, you are the master marionette with the strings making the music do things to people's emotions. And that's a superpower. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) You now have great responsibility with that power you've got there. Yeah. Uh, and what program did you make that in? So that was a program called Sunvox, oh, which okay. is a, a music tracker, which is more traditional for retro game consoles like the NES, the SNES. Uh, the NES specifically only has five channels of sound, so it can only produce five voices at a time, which is very, very limited. But some of the NES music has become iconic, right? I mean, like the Mario Brothers theme, everybody knows that. Yeah. Because of this limitation, musicians had to focus on really good writing so that even though you only have five instruments, I think for the NES specifically, it's two pulse waves, a triangle wave, and a noise wave, which is just static for like drums and like wind or uh, other white noise. Yeah, white noise. Uh, sound effects, stuff like that. Um, huh. It's really, really limited. You can't make a full three chord without taking up uh, a three note chord without taking up the entire thing. Ultimately, the music is much more memorable and enjoyable, at least in my opinion. Going on to the next song, I do the jingle and then I do my my long spiel, and then I will do tech talk. And the tech talk song is interesting. So tell me about the Tech Talk song. I did not write that song. That's not me. <laughs> That's why it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I've had that wave file sitting on my computer forever, but I downloaded it from a site called freesounds.org, which is a great resource for all kinds of different sounds and music said. And it's a public domain, so I can do whatever I want with it, and you can do whatever you want with it. Um, but the author didn't identify himself, so I can't even give credit. But... Um, when, when you hear that whole thing, basically you've heard the whole thing in the podcast. It's not a song. It's just like this same five seconds repeated five times of just noise. All right. 
that's the boring one. Let's get into some of the more interesting ones here. So one of my favorite pieces that you wrote is the song I play underneath my product review. So my thought is that the product review tends to come at halfway through the episode. And at that point, people are probably sick of hearing me talk. So I play that whole song underneath me talking, hopefully at a low enough volume that I'm not annoying people. And um, this song, I honestly picked this song from your list of songs because it had the word Devo in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a, big, I'm a big Devo fan. And when I played the song, I was like, oh yeah, this is Devo. I can totally hear the Devo in this song. But its real name is Devo Line Miamo? Yeah, Devo Line Miamo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't remember when I was making this, but um, yeah, this is the song I made with uh, the Sunbox program. I think I was experimenting with like using sound effects as like a transitional thing between sections of music. It's called Devo Line Miami because I was showing it to some friends of mine, and uh, they were like, "You know what this sounds like? This sounds like Devo, but mixed with the soundtrack to Hotline Miami." <laughs> which I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, Hotline Miami is uh, an indie game that was an indie video game that was released, I want to say like six or seven years ago, um, that was praised specifically for its soundtrack, oh. um, among other things. I was like, huh, Devo Line Miami. <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. It's a fusion between the And two. you didn't uh, actually think, I'm going to make a song that sounds like Devo. It no, just happened. No, I just, yeah, I was just... Yeah, I listened. I listened to a lot of Devo as a uh, as a kid because of you, uh, and now I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'm in this big controversy right now in the podcast with Tales from the Road because some people like it and some people don't like it. Um, but whatever. So um, Tales from the Road has a has a, a different sound than a lot of it. It's 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 a little bit of an X Filesy sound. Um, and you call that song Renegade, I think. Yeah, Renegade. Why'd you call it Renegade? Wait, was it because of Command and Conquer Renegade? You know, no. But <laughs> okay. that's a good... good. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of my song titles, um, it's just, I looked up a cool word, and then I put it on. Renegade, cool word. That's not, And it's a cool, edgy-sounding song, so... It is one of my favorite songs anyway. It's a song that I will listen to just because I want to listen to it. And the piece that's in the podcast is just the very beginning. And if you listen carefully, before I cut it off, you can hear that it's about to start doing stuff. And in fact, it does. It, it, it's basically one of these songs that tells a story, at least to me. But how long does it take you to make a song like that? Typically, when I was making music in high school, I would spend about two to three weeks on it like over time like i would go back and listen to it and then if i thought i had something to add i would go through and do that um but in this particular case i was working with my brother on a game jam which is you you sit with someone and you make a game within a very limited amount of time we had 24 hours uh we came up with a concept of a game um i was in charge of doing the audio of course so i wrote the music and did the sound effects while Fisher programmed the game. I wrote this song probably within like four or five hours alongside some other music. Wow. So one of my favorite pieces is something you did in four to five hours. Yeah, I, I find that like 
personally, if I spend a long, a longer time on a song, um, I don't like it as much. But usually, it's a little more well-rounded. But um, some of my more favorite things I've written in a much shorter amount of time. Um, I think actually That's the smart. jingle I wrote uh, within maybe three hours. Wow. I was looking for a distraction, like schoolwork. Oh, I'm happy to have provided yeah, that for thank, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, so then the next piece of music, every episode I, I give some sort of a resource, whether it's a store to go to or a website to look at or whatever. And for that, I chose a piece of music called Slim KR or something like that, which is a very mellow kind of song. Well, compared to the rest anyway. Yeah. It's uh, in, in my head, it's Slimker. Slim. Um, what? And did you just what is that? That's that's another one of those instances where it's like cool word, except I just kind of was like, I'm just gonna take one word and then add some letters to it. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot of strategy in naming those things. I wrote this over a weekend again, probably while I was procrastinating. It's another another song that alternates between two chords, but builds up over time adding other instruments and adding detail and is this a sunvox song this is a sunvox song definitely it uses a lot of reverb and stuff which is stuff that i couldn't use with uh, midi they actually include some of your music in their sample pack yeah yeah are any of the songs in the podcast in the sample pack phalanx is the oh. sample pack song. All right, so let's let's talk about that one. So then the next piece, a place to visit, I wanted to pick a piece of music that sounded like you were driving. You know, it had a progress sound. And it's one of those songs that doesn't have an intro. It's in media race, I think is the, uh, the term for it in artsy talk. But basically, as soon as it starts, you're in the song. And it's called Phalanx? Yeah, I made it for a competition hosted by the person who made Sunvox, basically saying, hey, make a song using these specific uh, instructions. You had to use one instrument. Huh. That was all you could use, one type of instrument. I've never used this instrument before, uh, and it's the only one I can use, so I gotta learn how to use this. Huh. Um, what, what's so the instrument? It's a, it's a frequency modulator. Um, oh, FM, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be frank. I haven't used it since. I've only used it for that song. <laughs> uh, so I did it for a competition, and I happened to win the competition. And part of the award was you get to have your music included with the software distribution. Oh, very cool. So if I, so Sunvox is like, uh, it's you don't go to the store and buy it. I mean, that's like old fashioned. You, you download it. How much does it cost? It is free. Totally free, except for on mobile. Um, but it is, it's is—it's a piece of software that can run on pretty much anything you have that has a screen. Wow. Okay, so that's pretty cool. All right, so this other piece, um, I, I picked this piece of music not knowing where it was going to go in the podcast because I liked the name so much. And the name is How to Enjoy Ghost. And it just was such a zen concept. You know... It's a question that I don't think anyone has ever asked before in all of human existence. And here it was in song form, and I'm assuming that the song is the answer to that question. So what's going on here? Yeah, it's called How to Enjoy Ghost. It's a very chill tune. It's got nice notes in it. It's, it's, it's very flowy. It flows into different sections. You know, slowly, but sort of with urgency, but also like it's it's pleasant. 
Isn't this the one that you screwed up on? Yes. The process of this one was actually a mistake. I was experimenting with moving some of the files, but while I was messing with some of the settings, I accidentally selected and moved like half of the music down like a minute. Hmm. And so instead of just undoing, I was like, I wonder, I wonder what that did. <laughs> and I just listened through it and I was like, you know what? That, that, that works. It does uh, work. Yeah. So then I was done in a way there was a ghost in the machine. Yeah. It wasn't intentional. Something else wrote this, not you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, it was, it was spooky. It was a spooky, spooky happenstance. <laughs> I like it. So, after hearing this stuff, if somebody wanted to use some of your music or maybe even ask you to write music for their podcast, what should they do? If they want to use my stuff, uh, mostly I just ask that you ask me about the music. Just tell me what it's about. Pretty much everything I have on my SoundCloud, I'm happy to let people use whatever they want. Well, that's very cool. And I suppose that would follow the Sunvox license. Yeah. I guess the easiest way for people to find your SoundCloud is to go on SoundCloud and search for Sir Mooj. Yep, S-I-R-M-O-O-G-E. And what the hell is a Sir Mooj? My brother and I were in the backyard, and he was like, hey, this section of the backyard, this is this is Zimbrowith, you're not allowed in here. I was <laughs> like, oh man, that's a bummer. <laughs> and, and he took over, like, the swing set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, well, you know what? I want my own section of land that you're not allowed in. So I just took, like, the opposite side of the backyard. <laughs> and I was like, well, now I need a cool name. So I came up with Sir Mooj. That's cool. It has no meaning. <laughs> it's just sound, which, you know what? That reflects a lot of my song name choices anyways. So I guess it, I guess it works out. Yes, it does. All right, we got one more piece of music to talk about. And uh, so this, sometimes I talk about things that aren't, in a set category that I do every week. And whenever I do that, I transition with a piece of music called French Roast. So what does this have to do with coffee? Uh, nothing. Another cool word song. I was thinking of French toast, I think. And I was like, uh, French toast? More like <laughs> French roast. <laughs> and this one sounds the most like it came straight off of Nintendo. Yeah. Unlike the other stuff, this is actually one of my older pieces that I made with the MIDI software. Ah. Um, but I, with this, I exported it and then threw it into another program called GXSCC. I don't know what that stands for. Um, Me either. But it basically takes the MIDI information and then translates the instruments that you input into uh, the waveforms that like an SNES or NES would produce. It effectively chiptunizes uh, your MIDI files. I would like change the instruments after listening to it to make like a different uh, sound. So a lot of my music was written in a harpsichord uh, because it made the best sound in GXSCC. Uh, so. so I know for a fact that you can sing because there's this old joke. A tourist is in New York City. He's walking down the street. He comes across this guy who looks like he's from New York, and he says, Hey, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? And the New Yorker looks at him pauses and says practice 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 and walks down the street now i happen to know for a fact that you have been to carnegie hall yeah how did you get there uh partially through practice but i was part of two separate instances of a mass choir for uh, mozart's requiem i <laughs> sang 
with the bass twos. It was an eight-part chorus, so I was the lowest bass. Wow. So clearly you can sing. How come your music has no singing in it? I guess with singing, I mostly like to sing songs that already exist. I've never really tried to write lyrics or really had a want to write lyrics. Hmm. Also, making music with a computer is more fun for me than sitting down and writing lyrics in like a in a notebook or whatever and then singing them out loud it's it just didn't click with me as much fair enough i still play guitar i've written a few songs on guitar but uh it's just a different space in my brain i guess so what 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 are you hoping you're gonna find a job with like epic games or something like that or uh i would like to work more in an indie field mostly because you get um a little more power and say in like a lot of different elements in the game like usually when you're hired you're just like a, a junior level designer and then you just build levels based off of other people's specifications usually you're in a smaller team and uh you work on a bunch of different things no that makes sense and you just did some work for paparazzi right by sunday month yeah sunday month uh, is a local uh game studio here in winooski vermont and they are working on a game called paparazzi it's a game all about running around and taking pictures of dogs. Which is going to be a huge hit, I'm yes. pretty sure. De- especially now, people people, people <laughs> yeah. just want to take pictures of dogs and not worry about anything else. <laughs> I did sound design on that game. It was a lot of fun. Cool, and, and your brother worked on that a bit too, yeah, right? Yeah, he was uh, part of the writing team and also did some level design work. Wow, very cool. So I, I, I'll i have a link in the show notes to uh, a bunch of stuff, but I'll have a link in the show notes to the game Paparazzi. You at least have to watch the trailer for it and and see that it's exactly what Simon described. Your job is to take pictures of dogs doing cool things. Yep. You get you get texts from people, and they're like, hey, uh, I'll give you $30 if you take a picture of a dog with a hat on a bench. And you're like, all right, awesome. And then you go to like the park or whatever and take a picture of them. <laughs> Well, it's a fun time. When's that coming out? Do we know? Uh, No release date as of right now. Okay. Well, still very cool. All right, Simon. Well, I can't thank you enough for letting me use your music in my podcast. I feel like it has given it legitimacy, and it's something I look forward to every week when I create it is I have to listen to the music again, and that's a good thing. So thank you very much for that, and also thank you for this time you've spent with me going over all this stuff. And while this is kind of off topic of the podcast... Uh, I think it's kind of interesting, and I feel like people who are interested in van life tend to be curious. They're doing this for a reason. They're going out to see stuff. And, hey, why not, like, take a step back and look at some of the stuff that we're dealing with just in a single podcast? So I think they're going to enjoy it, too. Yeah. What is the best way for someone to get a hold of you if they wanted to contact you for any reason? Uh, you can email me at simonwagmakesstuff at gmail.com. That's a heck of a long email address. Simon Wag makes stuff. And Wag has two G's, not three, not one, two G's. Two G's. Or you could message me on SoundCloud, just at, at Sirmouge at SoundCloud. Or go to my Twitter at Sirmouge. Excellent. All righty. Thank you very much, Simon. I wish you the best of luck with this year's studies, and I hope to see you listed in the 30-minute long end credits of some game soon. I, I hope so as well. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. And now, as promised, here is the music of Simon Wagg, as heard in the podcast, Built to Go, 
Unencumbered by my voice, I will just introduce the song and let it play. And in the show notes, I will have links to the songs on SoundCloud, so if you happen to like one of these songs, you can play it anytime you'd like, or even download it. We'll start off with Jingle. Okay, and, and here's a copy of Tech Talk, just because, and it's public domain, so you can do whatever you'd like with it. This song is Devo Line Miyamo. called 
Renegade. Now it's time for Phalanx. Thank you. 
And now it's time for Slimker. And the question that is answered only in music, how to enjoy Ghost.
Finally, we'll close things up with French roast.
Hey, thanks for listening to this behind-the-scenes episode. I know it was a little bit strange, but I enjoyed making it, and all of this is just for fun. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll catch you in the next episode.